0: The window had been busted out, and our gear, part of our gear, had been stolen. Uh, there's nowhere to play up here at all. I'm sitting there kind of by myself, like, waiting for my marriage, and, and the mirrors, like, they, the mirrors kind of, like, spin open, like, 90 degrees, like, they kind of rotate open, and all these women in sexy lingerie can come walking out from behind the mirrors. I'm just well, going to about- throw this out there that it almost yeah. sounds like you were kind of the dark side sometimes of the scene.
1: Just when I parted ways with monuments, and say so it was really, really desperate time of my life.
2: At the end of it, our bass player told us, like, he just looked at us like,
3: yeah, this is my last show. So like, basically, back to the Beast era.
2: Dealing with this alcohol intake we're at a christian festival and we're supposed to be a christian band oh, man this
0: this sucks this is not a good look welcome back to dark side of the scene i'm your host brandon alongside ed what's going on
3: sup audience how is everyone out there <laughs>
0: how's the great listeners not that we can hear you
3: but not right
0: <laughs> i think it'd be cool if we did something
3: live but I feel like it still just be you and I talking to each other. No, I did that. I did that with my buddy, Corey, who's on a, a an episode. And like, he did a live stream with me as though he's interviewing me. And it was kind of funny to see myself <laughs> talking to myself and then him in a little tiny screen. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. That was funny. He said I could be back on again. I and mean, we talked about the podcast, and the band and whatnot. So
0: nice. Maybe one day we'll do a live session
3: have a big ground a big grouping live chat with people. Right. Like, yeah. Instead of the fake uh, classroom screen we have. Yeah. <laughs> I'll still set it up as a classroom. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be the clown. I feel like a clown today. So like I'm in a band, right? <laughs> Obviously. And I had a, a discussion with a, a member about things and stuff and how, they complain too much and the problem is well the thing is they know they complain too much and they're trying to fix it and i give everybody the benefit of it out you know it's weird because like it's not very argumentative in person but on a chat it's like i mean are you trying to be funny or just being i don't know Uh, a long story short like we just got into it over like a couple shows He didn't seem to agree with the show i got us but like is that person getting us shows he got us one but that was because you know but a a member in another band he was he knows his relation to we got now i'm not i don't want to be the one booking these shows okay i don't want to do it but who else is going to do it you know what i mean yeah so that's
0: literally been me in every band I've been in. I always say I don't want to be the one being band dad, but it always ends up me being band dad. Otherwise, shit would never get accomplished. We'd never play That's shows. what I'm worried about. I'm sorry. We'd, That's we'd, we'd, what I'm worried about. We'd have no one promoting. We'd have no recordings. We'd have nothing done if someone wasn't kicking ass to get it done. So There's always that one person in every band that has to be the grown-up to make sure all the immature bandmates get their shit together and get out there and then there's usually one band member that's an asshole that always wants to fight with you because they have their own opinion yet they don't contribute in any fucking way
3: i guess like again this is not like i'm trying to start shit on here with that person but that was uncalled for i didn't understand and a couple other members are like what was that about i'm like i don't know i don't know i feel like if things don't go your way don't get shitty with anybody like i'm not trying to be a bad guy here Like I care about the band. I care about the music. Like if it was my, up to me, I would just rather write the music. And what, that's what I do. I write a lot of songs. I don't want that other shit. I'll check my calendar and accept these shows. And I'll say, you know, I'll, I'll play that. That's cool. I won't argue. I've never said, I don't want to play any show ever. I just want, don't want the responsibility. I just want to write music. And yeah. release it and get not paid for it but i don't know it, it, it was kind of annoying like i get along with most people i do but you can only push me so far <laughs> and i'm sure a lot of people know the feeling and can relate it's sometimes it's not fair i don't want to be the bad guy that's not the my type it's not my type you know <laughs> yeah so again, it's, this isn't my fault. None of this is. I'm not trying to be the bad guy in this. Like you know, again, a few other members thought the other person was being a little ridiculous, and I don't know. It's I, uh, I don't know, but I'm yeah. I'm it's not one of those
0: situations know. to where there's really no winner in it. Like right. one one bad member or one bad whatever drains it from about everyone else, especially when they're constantly argumentative about everything. Hmm. At least from my experience, like it sucks the enjoyment out of doing anything when you literally have to fight with someone constantly or someone's completely negative all the fucking time. and I'm a negative person and there's people I've dealt with are like Jesus.
3: <laughs> right. I thought it was too, but I don't try to be. I, I most of the time if I'm being a little negative, I'm trying to be funny because that's just how cynical I am. but like sometimes some people can't be that way and it comes across wrong. and maybe that's me reading maybe it's me reading this whole thing wrong i don't know yeah so i don't yeah. who knows right but
0: anyone out there listening if you've ever had experiences headbutting with a fellow bandmate we would love to hear about it so send us an email at brandon at dark of the scene.com we'll get you scheduled on a future episode but we have a fellow named bill who's waiting for us to bring him in. And some of the stuff he's talked about a little bit behind the scenes with us is a uh, very much piqued my interest. So we're going to bring him on in and get on to those discussions. So hang tight. I'd like to welcome Bill to the show tonight, Bill, thanks for coming out and talk to us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm super, super stoked to be here. Thanks for having me. Yep. What's up, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so hi, I'm Bill Sanders. I am the vocalist and songwriter and recording artist of Absolute Hate. It is a one-man project, and I'm currently based out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Nice. No shit. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were, like, further away. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I used to be. Um, when I started oh. the project and my debut release of the song Claybringer, it was actually in San Diego, California. Oh, damn. Yeah. so after after i got out of the navy i spent a little bit of time in uh in san diego because that's where i was stationed and pursued uh, a degree in music production that had to end because the school got shut down and got into the trade industry with like hvac and electrical and Hmm. after doing a bunch of that i was kind of compiling my music and getting stuff worked out and uh yeah, I debuted my first single, um, April eighteenth, I believe. Yeah, coming up on two years. Nice. Oh, yeah. No, this is it's funny we're doing this interview because tomorrow is the uh, two year mark of something I'll talk about later.
3: <laughs> oh, okay yeah
2: yeah we'll, we'll get into that later but yeah okay. um so, so how was the
3: were you any bands out in san diego
2: yeah i was in one that i don't like to say the name of just because um when things ended and especially because of the thing i'll mention later um mm. it just you know i've heard things that they've said about me and i'm just like oh okay cool um glad you see it that way but i mean yeah so i was in that band in san diego for a year um i released two singles with them uh and and they were really good but it was it was kind of hard working with them um like for example i'm i'm currently 27 um and so when i was in that band i think i was 24 25 Hmm. and they were all like 36 pushing uh like 30s 36 i think one of them was pushing 38 um <laughs> and they were like yeah we've been doing this for 10 years and i'm like oh okay like cool and yeah, i was like old. <laughs> no it's it i i see age as a very different thing i see age as an experience and maturity so for them i thought they were very immature and unprofessional for their age oops huh. so Sounds, story of my life yeah. <laughs> so like, for example, I mm, can I curse? Fuck no, yeah, no, oh, okay.
0: no fucking cussing on this show.
2: Oh no. God, fucking damn it! Fuck. Um, well, like for example, there was like, I was like, we need to get our music to as much people as possible, and we need to really put a lot of money into production. Like the stuff that you released before me, I personally don't think sounds the best, and I feel like we could do a lot better. And they were just like no you don't know what you're talking about this is your first actual band you you have never actually released anything on your own you don't know what's going on and i said okay cool and there's like besides we've been doing this for 10 years we know what we're oh doing. oh my god like, okay, the stubbornness cool. of older people i love it. it it got really really annoying and i was like yeah. hey like let's push this let's try this and they're just like no we're not going to do that like you don't know what you're talking about. We've been doing this for ten years, and I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just go ahead and fuck myself in this corner over here.
3: <laughs> no, I I, I got what you feel like. Even when I was like younger, I just felt like some fucking older people are just stubborn for reasons unknown. And I don't even like I'm 43, right? And I still try to be open-minded to whatever, and I don't. But man, it just it just shocks me how stubborn fucking people are, especially when you're you know. You're you're like the new blood, just trying to get the band going. Like that makes sense. You could bring the energy. You're like, hey, we need to do this, and they're no, you know, I'll, yeah, again. yeah. It hmm.
2: really felt like I was being hindered and kind of like brushed off and pushed aside. And hmm. that's one of the things that I can't ever stand is being brushed off and put aside. Where it's just like, okay, dude, like I th- I feel like I have some really good ideas, and you know, two or three years later. <laughs> hmm. Um or I think it was was about two years later, I released Plaguebringer and I have like 32,000 streams off of that debut release. And I was like, holy crap. Like, I feel like I did pretty good. And a lot of my professional musician friends are like, that's really good for a debut, like self everything. And I was like, well, it wasn't completely self everything on that one, but all the promotion and stuff that i did like i was the one that contacted slam worldwide i was the one that contacted filthy breakdowns i was the one that contacted these people to get this put on and when i tried to tell like past bands that they're just like "Mm, no don't no you don't know what you're talking about i'm like oh okay cool and then now i look at it and just like why is my debut single doing better than every song you've ever released Mm. what what Sorry. Good. What year did you release this? Uh, actually, I can pull up the stat right now. I released Plaguebringer of April eighteenth. Sorry, I'm pulling up Spotify for artists right now. You're fine. Um, release date. I just need the date. Yeah, I released. Uh oh, I released plaguebringer April tenth of twenty
3: twenty one. Oh, this is okay. So you didn't bring the. You didn't bring the beast. I was just making sure because we blamed a a previous uh, member, bram that the 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 beast era of this disgusting disease that started a few years ago. We blamed mm-hmm. him. I thought maybe because your name, the plague bringer. I'm like, oh, you did it too, dude.
2: But no. Well, exactly. <laughs> this is kind of uh, it plays into the. It, okay, so. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. Um the instrumental i bought from my producer aaron chaparian of iron audio i mm. absolutely love him He is the best producer i've ever had the pleasure of working with nice. um his mixes are insane like the kick itself will shatter your fucking spine it's so yes. good um so he wrote the instrumental and um when i had gotten out of the military i was at my first job and I was kind of living out of my car because I had just gotten out and I didn't know where I was going, kind of couch hopping, living out of my car at the same time. And someone broke into my car and stole my laptop that had my recording microphone, my recording laptop, my journal with all my lyrics, my interface, my, all of it, like my hard drive and everything. And it was some homeless dude that I actually went looking for, but never found him. And so all of that was stolen. All of my music was stolen and I bought Plaguebringer off of him because um, I found him on YouTube and I was like, hey, like I really like this song. Like, do you mind if I buy it? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. So I buy it. It sits on my iCloud drive for years, at least two years. I write lyrics to it and then I title it Plaguebringer and it's talking about how humanity is actually the plague and we are the ones that are causing our own demise with overpopulation and sanitary um just filth and all this other shit and and i and i talk about how we are the plague bringers and the beast ends up coming around and i finish recording final vocals for it and i just kind of sit and think to myself, I was like, if there was going to be a fucking time to release this fucking song, it will be now. And so I release it in 2021. And one of the promo videos I did, I said something, I can't remember the exact number, but it was like um, in the year 1350, the bubonic plague spread across most of the world, claiming X million trillion billion number of lives um and then i said 2019 the beast came and so far the death toll has been x amount of million of lives and it says we have not learned our lesson (laughs) and then i released plague (laughs) bringer
3: well you know it happened been strange coincidence i'd say it's funny because know. you have plague bringer and then bram's band was a uh, global,
2: global plague. plague yeah i love <laughs> i love bram bram actually knew me when i was in my first band that's how we actually you guys got should
3: collaborate with some vocal things going on
2: dude we have talked about this so much like there's been so many times where it was like, Oh, let me get on a GP track. He's like, oh, let me get on an AH track. And I was like, Oh, we should do it. And he's just like, mm, I really got to talk it over to the rest of the band. And I was like, you let me know. Cause I am my own show. I do everything myself. <laughs> so uh, But yeah, like Bram, Bram known, Bram's known me since I was in that first band I mentioned. Mm. Um, and one of his first posts uh, on the global plague channel was about me in that project and he was like promoting me and i was just like damn dude thanks like i really appreciate it so like i've known bram and global plague for a grip a fat fucking grip and uh yeah like like i said the two years before the beast came i had written that song entirely lyrically and then recorded it during Mm -hmm. the beast of times
3: (laughs) yeah what a what a what a great time bring it out like hey i know i know everybody's (laughs) depressed and not working, but here's a song about
2: about the times. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really was, and it did you beat Mariah really Carey well. to it. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Well, uh, I mean, Mariah Carey is kind of overrated, in my opinion. I feel like. Well, I, was... I
3: don't know if she has like a song about happiness, but I just found it funny that she well, <laughs> all she has anyway. is Christmas she... songs. Ed loves Ble- them. Bleh.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So, are you uh? Are you you're not basically you're not Indiana based You're 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 from. Were you born and raised like from in California or? No,
2: I was born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay, yeah, yeah. You've been everywhere. And, okay, yeah. Um. So after I graduated high school, I did a little bit of college. Got into some situations I really didn't want to stay in, and then decided the best thing for me would be to leave the area entirely. Mm-hmm. So I enlisted in the Navy. I shipped out to boot camp March twelfth of twenty fourteen. Got deployed to San Diego, um, did two tours in the Pacific, saw South Korea, Fiji, Guam, Hawaii, twice, Hmm. actually, the Philippines, Dubai, Bahrain, and did I say South Korea? Yeah, I think I said South Korea. Oh, and Singapore. Um, And then after my two tours in the Navy, I got out in September eleventh of twenty eighteen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Huh. yeah. Got out on 9/11, and never then, forget. <laughs> I never forget that day. America. I never forget that day. That's a holiday for me. I know it's fucked up to say, but that's a holiday for me. That was my day of freedom. <laughs> sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, um so yeah, and then I just started really pursuing music after that. You, so you're
3: have you always been you're basically a vocalist, correct?
2: uh primarily yes but okay. i actually do more guitar and okay. bass and drum programming for my own music more than mm-hmm. i do vocally um just because i write and record everything myself nice. i program all my own drums um i yeah now i am literally sitting next to my baritone guitar my drop a guitar my five string bass and then my four string bass that i pitch an octave down to complement my baritone guitar. And then all
3: one man band.
2: Yeah. And then all my drums are get good drums invasion. And I've had a lot of drummers that I have worked with and known personally, like come and listen and really look at my MIDI and they're just like, this is completely playable and it makes sense. Like this is insane and you're not a drummer. And I said, I couldn't fucking do four over four on a kit if you asked me to, but I can fucking program the shit out of them here. Right. I know (laughs) that feeling
3: so you so you didn't really re- you relocated to fort wayne did you think about pursuing like a another band like putting one together or uh i mean, i, the I didn't there
2: uh fort wayne scene is actually really nice um there's it's a smaller city but it's very family oriented like it's really nice and calm and mm-hmm. it it get it can get crazy where it needs to but it's not overly insane and there's a decent metal scene out here locally. Um, I was actually in a band for a year out here called Anti-Clutch. Um, I really really love those guys. Really love the work they we were doing together. I've to um, seen their name on Flyers. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. We played up in Jackson, Michigan um, once with uh, Furnace Winds, Splinters, and I uh, cannot remember the other band names. Is that uh, the music box? Sorry yeah it
3: was at the music box oh we were supposed to play there and like i got the the beast and i had to cancel oh yeah pissed me off i never had to cancel shows until i got sick oh damn
2: (laughs) but yeah i was with them for a year we released Mm. uh a song titled one by one which uh has to do with domestic violence um Mm. and and uh poetic revenge i guess i could call it Mm. um really loved the work we were doing together. I was actually engineering all of their music for them to send over to the producers that we were looking at. Um, The producer that we went with, uh, he actually produced one by one. Um, I won't say his name because uh, he recently decided he wanted to start going uh, towards it. He wanted to start pursuing animosity. I think this is the right way to say it. Mm. Um, So he's a great producer. He's a great person to, talk to and and we were really looking forward to work together but i just there was some differences between us and within the band that i just just said you know what it's i think it's better for me to leave because i want to give more time and energy to my own project since it's my baby Mm -hmm. and i feel like you guys would benefit from being with someone that would be more uh, that you've known longer because they were like, We're very family-oriented like band. We want everybody to be like cool with each other and each other's significant others and very involved with each other's lives. And I tried that for a little bit, and there's nothing wrong with with them as people in that essence, but I just felt like it was causing a little bit of issues. And I was like, I'd like to remain more strictly professional. And then I started losing enjoyment. Um, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna leave. Um, I'm taking these lyrics with me these ones you guys wrote all the work that you guys um have done in my computer like you guys know what you need to do you can recreate it um and we we went our separate ways um and mm. you know it, i think we're still friends i talked to the guitarist recently and we were cool on the phone and i i feel like we're still at least friends but you know i just i really wanted to give a lot more time and energy to my project and i felt it wasn't fair to me or to them to try and start balancing the two real heavily.
3: Mm-hmm. So you didn't think you would find another band then you're just more like, I'm just going to do things on my own kind of.
2: Yeah. It was more right. along the lines of just, I really want to pursue things on my own just because mm. I, you know, it. no one else was helping push absolute hate. Cause it was just me, you know? And I was like, it's, it's been way too long between releases. I mean, I released, rotten my sophomore single uh september 18th of 2022 like so real recently Mm. and it was because of like efforts that i was giving towards one band that i just couldn't focus on my project and i was like that's not fair to me and trying to focus more time and energy towards my project it wasn't fair to them so i just thought the most professional thing was to step out and let them find someone to fill the shoes that I had started for them. Mm. And it looks like they're doing really well from the live videos with the new vocalist. He sounds terrific and they sound great. And I'm super stoked for him. That's good. I, I figured maybe you could
3: balance it, balance it out maybe, but maybe you don't have the time to. Yeah
2: yeah mm-hmm. no it, yeah. It, it was getting really really hard um just because I'm a very I've become much more of a homebody kind of person gotcha yeah so, so I love spending time with my significant other I love having time to just sit in my studio here and just work on stuff and then not worry about other obligations to go and and go to somebody else's house to practice and then you know it I just I liked my little area of solitude and i wanted to stay in it as much as i could since i work so much Mm, kind of why this
0: podcast i started doing podcasts because i'm not doing band stuff anymore at the moment and i figured this is something i could do on my own i don't have to go anywhere i don't really have to rely on anyone so i thought and uh what got me into this just so i could do everything at my own leisure you know yeah
2: Um, and it's it's awesome what i what i when i saw you post That you were doing this i was like no one else is doing this this is this is awesome and i immediately like commented and hit you up and i was like dude please absolutely and then uh, i think bram and i like commented on each other's shit and we're just like yeah dude we we both need to be on here yeah so i'm super stoked you started this this is this is awesome nobody else is doing something like this this is next level
0: well your uh fellow musicians up in fort wayne shit all over it on a group post, said we're here to destroy the scene and all we're going to do is cause trouble and what? ruin everything for everyone. I was like, grow the fuck up,
2: really? Fort Wayne local musicians said. Yeah, it
0: there's a Fort Wayne group. I think it's Fort Wayne local musicians is the name of the group. And like when I, I posted in one. there, yeah, like uh, if you find that post I did, you'd see a lot of people shitting on it in there. Damn it, Brandon! What,
2: what the fuck? Did you know what? No, fuck them. That's bullshit. Fuck them. <laughs> we need to talk about this shit.
3: Well yeah. yeah we're not here to destroy any scene. We just want to hear people's stories that again, a lot of listeners aren't in bands and they're just curious because they want to hear funny stuff and then serious stuff that no other person in a, a non-band would understand well, that's right. what I tried to explain even... to people is
0: like we don't name drop anyone. we're not bashing venues like if we talk right. about a venue, we're not going to sit there and say which venue it was like exactly we, like we mentioned the shit at L in Indianapolis it doesn't exist anymore, so. <laughs> but, <shit. laughs> So that, that's not like you're talking about something that's no longer. But there. you know
3: what? I, I bet you the thing is everybody can relate. If the shit was shitty to you guys, then it's shitty to a lot of people. So it's like, yeah, why should that be a secret? Like the place right. sucks,
2: right? right. Like, you know, that's what baffles me. Is they're just like, oh, you're trying to destroy the scene. It's like, no, this, this the scene is is Destroying dirty itself. and grimy. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's fucked to begin with why can't we just talk about it? We're not destroying it. We're not trying to beat it down and fucking put a bullet in its head.
3: Yeah. And honestly, like I'm from South Bend and up this area, we don't have one. So for Wayne, you could you consider yourselves lucky
2: for Wayne. We don't fucking have one. Barely. I mean, you guys got Phil Spewer and I fucking love those guys. I know they're yeah. Yeah. Phil Spewer is the homies. Love Natalie. Love Drew. All those guys. Love them. She's in two bands. I don't know how she balances that out, but (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. She, she joined realm of Shoal. dude. She's fucking terrific live oh right. my god i right. did merch for phil spewer for two or three shows just to help like help out with madison and like dude they're a killer they're maybe, I've seen, awesome. maybe
3: i've seen you in one of the shows i'm not sure
2: uh i was at the what's the ignition yep yeah i was working merch at the last uh the last one that they did at ignition with um um, um green leaves and zaff and nautilus yeah hmm I can't remember if we played that one. Oh, that was well. a Halloween show, actually.
3: Oh, I, I, you know what? I was dressed up as, a, as somebody. I didn't, yeah, I didn't say. I wasn't playing. <laughs> I, well,
2: I probably saw you at least twice. It, it,
3: yeah, it was a. I was in the Care Bear outfit.
2: Oh fuck, dude! I remember You're you. You're still
3: rocking the Care Bear. <laughs> it, yeah, well, why not? It's a nice. It's it's fun. I had a fanny pack because I didn't have any pockets in it. Did you I win? The, I won yeah, I won the I won the thing at, at that place, the the costume contest, even though it wasn't original. I'm really surprised they gave it to me. But whatever. And then I had like What, candy what did you and, even get for that? I think like a some money and like some let's go. It was supposed let's go. Like, it was supposed to be like fifty bucks. I think it was money and then like some beer koozies and shirts. I think. Yeah, nice. and a bucket.
2: That's, that's hey. a fucking tank of gas and a good time. Yeah, I was. I, I didn't expect that. I shouldn't have won that.
3: The girls were like, but I think I even paid really... your band a hundred bucks. Right. Oh, shit.
0: <laughs> so there we go. That's the myth around here that people should know. If you play a show that I book, I always make sure the bands get paid at least $100. God, a hundred mean... dollars.
3: That's a lot in band talk. Really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: you know how many hurt. people are going to be messaging me now? Dude, book me a show. Well, that's
3: probably a good thing though. Well, anyway.
2: Yeah. I need I need that hundred boy, let's go.
0: Hey man, <laughs> could you book me a show? I need that hundred dollars. Hey, hey, I can hey, play hey. the
2: harmonica. Yeah, here's the CP. Look at it. Just no, no, like look at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, yeah, uh, so
3: you're you're basically in there. Okay, so back on the subject. So yeah, you're in the area and then um where 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 do we come from with this? <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, like, so no, I could, we we're on got a tangent. tangent. Tangent <laughs> from hell. that's cool. Uh, though. Damn it! It was it. He was talking about. Oh yeah, the the how the the podcast is great, and that we're not trying yeah. to destroy scene and blah blah yeah. blah. And I said uh, South Bend doesn't have one barely as far as, far as metal scene go. So f- consider Fort Wayne lucky because, again, like nobody's everybody stopped caring in our area. Yeah, I mean we got a lot of great people and great musicians, but like it just seems like in South Bend, no one cares other than Notre Dame and like venues keep closing. So it's like the beast is not doing anybody favors, but I feel like it's installed before that.
2: Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I noticed. Cause I was living, um, I was living near South Bend. I was actually living um, by my family. And mm. and, and I was actually traveling every Saturday to Fort Wayne to practice with anti-clutch Um mm and like i would spend the weekend out here so you live around here that's weird i I used to i used to now i live in fort Wayne. oh okay yeah 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 Yeah. so that's like i i started noticing the differences between fort wayne and that area and i was just like ooh, like fort wayne's definitely where i want to be plus it's just close enough for me to be a family like it's just a two-hour drive
3: and i'm not shitting on this area but Something needs to change, you know. Like (laughs) I mean, there's a few venues starting to open up here. So I I got hope. I hope and I hope nobody screws that up because half the time somebody starts a venue, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Sorry. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And sometimes (laughs) the stages are just fucking two pallets put together. I always (laughs)
0: laugh at that meme that's always like the four guys staring down at the little corner, like, yep, that's the stage. (laughs) (laughs) It's happened to me. So
3: many times played an outdoor venue and it's just a fucking like plug.
2: Dude. (laughs) I play I I, I didn't play the show, but it was a backyard show um in mm-hmm. San Diego, California with um one of my best friends. He's the drummer and vocalist for a power violence band called Hong Kong Fuck You. <laughs> Dude, they're fucking great. It's 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 a drummer and three basses, and the drummer's the vocalist. Nice. It's fucking gut wrenching. It's amazing. So we played a fucking backyard fucking show and the stage was literally like he sat on a fucking milk crate for his fucking <laughs> for his fucking throne and like what the fuck dude it was right underneath a willow tree like oh man it was sick and like little fucking shows like that if the if the venue is the stage is a pallet with a piece of fucking plywood over top of it that show's either going to suck or go way the fuck off <laughs> nice I don't know. I love shitty little shows. They they can get wild sometimes. All right. Yeah, it's been a while since i
3: played one of those. I feel like I'm not trying to say like an old man, but I'm like, no, nah, I don't know if I'll do that. I will play a basement show, but
2: oh, I've always wanted to play a basement show.
3: I know a guy that has basement shows. He's in South Bend. Oh, fuck yeah. He, he gets mad. I don't promote him enough. Shout out to the Christian agent Den with uh, basically a all ages venue. He, there's no drugs or drinking, but he oh, tries yeah. to keep it tries to keep it normal, and this is a place for South Bend kids and adults that go hang out, so I promoted him, so he better be nice to me. <laughs> oh, dude. The if thought of the
0: basement him. show
3: that I have played has always been questionable.
2: <laughs> oh, what was your experience?
0: I played in one. The first one I ever played in was 2006. I was in a band called Following Atrocity, and... We played in a basement in Anderson, and <laughs> I didn't realize it was an Anderson. I thought it was a venue because I'm pretty sure it had, like, a name of a place. We'd roll up. I was like, what the fuck is this? This was all new to me. I wasn't, like, 100% sure what was going on. We get in there, and we go downstairs, and it's fucking straight-up, like, creepy rape dungeon basement. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure the ground was actually dirt, and <laughs> the walls were like... The walls were like really like old brick dirt looking things. I was like, is this place going to collapse on us? I, and I'm, I'm kind of claustrophobic, which I'm in a basement right now, but I don't have a problem with my basement, mm. but certain basements like creep me the fuck out. And I was getting very, very creeped the fuck out in this basement. Cause it just looked like, I don't know. I was waiting on like Buffalo bill or whatever to come out and put me down in a bigger hole and probably <laughs> put the lotion on the skin or something.
3: You're kind no, of tall. You'll you'll just crawl out of it. Yeah, whole, I'll, I'll just climb out. I'm just grab up. i like,
0: what the fuck are you, doing, Bill.
3: <laughs> I played I, a sorry. You no, know, go ahead. I played the the Doom Room like in Lafayette. That was the basement show.
2: Oh, I've actually so, never been over there. Well, I think he. I don't know if
3: he does shows at his house anymore. No I think he, just, he. It's been at, a, at a, a a bar, and I can't think of what yeah, the bar's called. I need to a- email that guy. Play a show out there. I think he just accepts emails. <laughs> Shout to out to Nick Maxon. Is his name. Fuck yes. yeah. Hell yeah. Anyway, what were you gonna say? Sorry.
2: Oh no, I was I was literally just gonna say I can't stand unfinished basements because I'm six foot and every now and then you just be standing there and you catch a web to the face and fuck that, fuck spiders. Ah.
3: Oh yeah, some uh, yeah, this creepy basements and arachnophobia don't mix. But
2: well, and there's not many fucking spiders out in California. Like if uh. there is, they're just standard house spiders or like. Or or black widows or wolf spiders, but out here there's fucking like there's the funnel webs and wolf spiders and cellar spiders and dandy long legs and yeah. But you just said black
3: black widows. I'd be fucking freaked out to see one of those. Well, the thing about like Uh
2: California's black widows is that they are they aren't very like you don't see them very often. But when you do, it's like oh yeah, there's definitely a fucking. (laughs) When you do, it's after it fucking bit you. Well, right no no oh, okay. it, it, it's it's nothing like that like it, i literally could spot a black widow web like across the parking lot and just be like yep there's a black widow right there but there's no no other spiders in the area it's really weird and then i, I come out mm. here and i'm just like like my current basement in this house jesus christ dude i couldn't walk two feet without getting hit by another web that's it how this was house was when we bought it but we
0: uh Shout out to Orkin. <laughs> I pay them to come out every month and f- spray this motherfucker.
2: <laughs> fuck, I might have to do that.
0: Yeah. I, I haven't had a bug problem since we moved in. When we first moved in, this whole basement was just full of spider webs and the rafters and all over the place was wolf spiders. And I was like, fuck these spiders. And you yeah, that,
3: that one guy in a band was there?
0: No. Okay. That, that dude that tried to fight me for winning the battle of the bands. Okay. No, not oh, not that guy. Gosh. He's not in my basement. <laughs> I would have squashed his ass already.
2: I feel like this is a very personal fucking spider.
0: <laughs> yeah, there, there's an episode. I think I don't remember what episode it was, but we uh-huh. talked about it. We um, we played this battle of the bands, and
2: <laughs> Sorry.
0: there's a vocalist from this other band, and they're like straight up new metal. They actually did corn covers, oh, and geez. shout out to raise the hate. I don't give a fuck. I mean, and uh. That was why he was mad because I didn't give them a shout out on stage during this (laughs) battle of the bands. Okay, bro. (laughs) This is like the third round, which was the third show over. It's first one was in like March. And then the last one was like May, beginning of May. So it was like a two month span. And we played three different shows and the crowd voted for the winner. So we got voted the winner. They all did like a tally. Well, they were out in the parking lot trying to convince people to write their names and they are writing their own names and putting mm. it in the fucking voting box, and they still didn't win.
3: Good and Lord.
0: after we won, he got all shitty up in my face after I collected the money that, you know, it was kind of a dick move not to give him a shout out on stage. They're out there trying to help out and everything else. We're just up there worried about ourselves. Like, well, I wanted a $1,000, fuckface. I don't know about you.
2: but <laughs> The fucking entitlement of people in this fucking scene is disgusting. I, I cannot fucking stand how much people are just like like it's all it's all a competition to them and it's just like no dude like it's not a competition like you come out you play your music you get your name out there you have a good show if you win great if you don't who gives a fuck
0: we only did it because we were asked to do it i could give a shit less was a battle of the bands i didn't give a fuck if we won but you know what we won and they paid us so i'm not gonna complain
2: but i mean like even even here like in the San Diego and the Fort Wayne scene, there's times when it's just like, I see a lot of people like they're, they think of other bands as rivalry and it, I've only seen it out here a little bit, but in San Diego it's rampant. And I'm just like, dude, everyone is trying to just like eat, eat, eat their way to the top without any regard to anybody else. And just like, I don't, I don't understand the, the the sense of entitlement that comes into the metal community in my, yeah. in, in my experience, it's just, it's toxic what, and gross.
0: What I might say might rub some people the wrong way, Fuck but it, that's, it. That, that's kind of the point of the show. And I, we haven't really dived in it too much, but I'm going to, at this point, run it. I think a lot of bands do the whole buddy system, except they're not really buddies. Right. It's a lot of, oh yeah, let's help me out, bro. Help me back. And then you never hear back from them. Like you book them on this show, you book them on this show. And then you're still waiting for someone to ever hit you back. The art of hitting someone back with a show is lost. Yeah. And everyone acts like, oh boy, we're, we're all best bros. And this is my bros band so check out my bros band. What up, bro? Well, first of all, we're not fucking bros because literally what have you done for me? It you're seems right. like I'm always doing shit for you. And this is just my perspective. Cause this is how I've encountered it. I used to book a lot of shows and I'd always bring bands on. Well, hardly anyone ever fucking got us back. And then I would give them another chance. Good old Brandon would uh, book you again. Make sure you guys get paid. Hey, can we play up on this show? You guys got set up there? No, we're full, really. Because <laughs> you just posted something. You are asking for bands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm,
0: yeah. Right. Shout out to uh, Dick Wad up in Fort Wayne for that one. Jeez. Um, oh, but yeah, there is a. Uh, that's nuts. Like, there is, yeah, yeah. There are yeah. just things and. Without going too far into it, like I think every band, like you just said, it, it is a competition between them. They act like it's not, but everyone tries to make it a competition. And that's I mean, like a little, com-
3: yeah, a little competition's okay. I mean, you know, it's almost like you kind of want to outdo each other so that you can. I guess the word is I'm trying to think, you're not really trying to outdo anybody, but you're just show them like who's on top and say, ah, that's not it. That, I'm trying to make it not sound like a dick I know thing. what
2: you're trying to say, and it, I think it's very. It's almost similar. like positive. It's almost like positive encouragement. You like, bring out the bad.
0: best of each other. But, yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And like so, Bram and I, like when I released Plaguebringer, Bram was like one of the first people to share it and listen to it, and like, I think he looked at the stats a little bit later, or we were on a call, and he looked at the stats, and he was just like, "Hey, dude, like, you're doing really fucking well." Like, I think he might have said like you're might be doing better than me and i was like i don't want you to feel like i'm doing better than you he's like no no no, this is a compliment because you're doing something right and i'm proud of you like this is sick and then he started putting out more music and his numbers started climbing again and i was like dude this is the move you're fucking doing it like this is awesome and like we've been backing each other up like that all the time and it's not a competition we just want to see each other grow that's it. right it's like I don't think global plague has played more than two or three shows tops. I've absolute hate has never played a show and it never will until things drastically change. But, you know, like just the fact of watching his stream counts go up and then he his watching my stream counts go up. We both were just super proud of each other. And we talked like, I think last week and we were just like super stoked about all of it. And it's just, that's the kind of camaraderie that I like in The music scene is when you find people like Bram that are just straight up good fucking people that just want to watch their homies succeed no matter the cost. And it's not about who's doing better than who it's like, you're doing something right. Cool, man, you're doing something right. And it's like fist bump, keep doing our thing. That's it. Right. I feel like,
3: yeah, like if a band is doing more than we are, then use them. Like I told my band, like, what the fuck, man, we need to get our shit together. it's not even a competition thing it's like damn it's like we could be doing that why don't we and again like if anybody thinks it's a competition and still believes that like just remember we lost like three years of shows right because of the beast and like you weren't shit then you were at home crying (laughs) being depressed (laughs) whatever some people wrote music other people just didn't want to play no more and then like and then you come out and with the attitude and thinking it's competition again. like, just remember where you were three years ago, like that three, that three years sucked. So I hope people listen that
2: it's just don't do that. (laughs) Don't, don't be that way. It it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help yourself. Like, and that's one of the crazy things is like, everyone's like, Oh, like we can't go do anything like during the time of the beast. And I was like, I have all the fucking time in the world. I can do whatever I want. And I just wrote like six songs. Like two of them were in the same weekend and I just kept putting things into my computer. And next thing I know I have an album's worth of music because of the beast. And I'm just like, dude, this was a blessing for me. I was working throughout the entire time of the beast. So I was, I was fortunate (laughs) in that aspect, but like I was able to get shit going that, that did nothing but help me. Right. And it made me feel like maybe staying home was a better option. It helped financially. It helped emotionally. It, it got my 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 art and my passion going again. Like it did nothing but help me. And I feel like too many people rely on the world around them for their sense of happiness. And I'm just like, no, dude, <laughs> live for yourself. Do what you want to do.
3: Right. I yeah. I was busy just recording demos the whole time at home because the band didn't want to get together. And so, I mean, it was. I wouldn't say it was a blessing, but it was nice not to worry about shows and booking and talking to venues and yeah. All that. It, it felt like a relief. I didn't have to go to band practice. I saved money on gas, and I'm like, again, like I, I don't say it was a good thing, but it was nice to have like a strange vacation. Yeah. We were
0: supposed to finish our album, and yeah. instead of that, the drummer got kicked out, and the band just went on hiatus permanently. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Like, we're still on hiatus three years later. I was like, well, I don't see this ever coming about again.
2: And that's unfortunate because, you know, drummers are one of the hardest members to find because if they're not in your project, they're in two other projects or more. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, we didn't, I keep seeing.
0: You didn't even have a problem. Like, it was more or less without going full detail of stirring the pot up. Uh-huh. <laughs> Like, it wasn't that he was, like, flaking out or nothing like that. He was, like, the most dependable guy we'd ever had on drum, but it wasn't up to the standards of what others thought it should have been. so I guess that was the end of it for him. They'd find someone else, but yet no one bothered to look for anything, and they were okay (laughs) with not playing shows and just programming drums, and I don't want to do that. So I was like, if we're not going to do anything live again, why waste my fucking time? Right.
2: And, and I, I can understand that por- that perspective of it because, I mean, a lot of people like playing shows is is everything to them. And I definitely get it. Like when I'm on stage, dude, being on stage, singing my music and watching people react to it and like erupting violence from just noise and words, it's the most exhilarating feeling ever. Like it's, it's like a drug. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I also know that that kind of stuff for me can take a toll as far as like, Oh, like maybe I'll be getting drunk after the show or, Oh, maybe I get emotionally tapped and I just don't want to talk to other people or, Oh, I got to try and make sure the rest of the band is all good to go. And that's stressful because I'm a very much, I'm very much like hands on, like, okay what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? What can I do here? What can I do here? That gets tiring for me sometimes. And for me it's like i don't necessarily care too much about playing shows anymore i'm mm-hmm. just i just want to get my music out there and get as many people to listen to it as i can because eventually i would love to play an absolute hate show but i want to do it on a larger scale you know like i would want to be invited to play like so what music festival in texas or something that's like my goal of the, one of the first shows I absolutely hate will play. That's just how I see it. But other people I know, especially Anti-Clutch, they love playing shows and I love playing shows with them. And, you know, if they don't play shows, they feel like they're not doing much and they're doing a lot more behind the scenes, I can tell you. But that kind of mentality can really affect people. Hmm. I don't Awkward know I silence. To, yeah, I don't know <laughs> if I was trying to make a point there or not, but, you know... <laughs>
3: <laughs> no like you're just saying like you you have you have a goal different than other people and you're hoping it. even though you you wish well for your you know previous band you still have this kind of mindset that you want to play that texas festival whatever yeah so that's that's cool you know
0: that's kind of isn't that what bram kind of did though he wrote most of his music and then he found people after he wrote it for global plague
2: yeah yeah bram's bram's members though they've they're esteemed people yeah they're established oh very established (laughs) like they run um production studios or they have actual degrees from like i think his guitarist has a degree in guitar from fucking berkeley like damn yeah (laughs) (laughs) like these are these are high up there people and like he's very fortunate to find those people but you know, a lot of us, we aren't as fortunate. I mean, no, no. like before absolute hate became absolute hate, I was actually like doing music. Like before I was, I was pursuing music while I was in the Navy. Like I brought my computers and shit on my deployment and wrote and recorded guitar on deployment. And so like, I've been, I went through like four name changes and played a show on the ship and then was trying to get practices together. Like, when we were in poor and after I got out of the Navy. And so like, I went through dozens of member changes and it's like finding dedicated fucking people that are good at what they do and want to do it as much as you do the way you want to do it is the hardest fucking thing. And drummers are so few and far between that. It's like you program the drums and you just hope that one of one of the drummers in the area just goes, Hey, that was sick. I'm not doing anything. Can I join?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, drummers. There needs to be more drummers out there. I don't know. I know everybody wants to play the guitar and look cool, but man, you can be just as cool behind the kit. And And like, yeah.
2: Drums are what makes the song for me. Like, guitars are great and everything, but if you have boring drums, like, it just ruins it to me. And it's just like, you got to have the right fucking drums for the right part. Yep. So. But yeah, man, it's it's a wild kind of fucking world that we fucking live in. It's, it's, it's hard in this scene. The scene can make it hard to keep going. There's a lot of times that I've literally just looked at the scene and I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing? And why do I want to keep doing it? (laughs) Um, yeah, it's not, it's
3: not for everybody, you know, like, especially like you said, you can only play so, so much and then you get enjoyment out of it. But what's the end game, you know? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I, I mean I, somehow I still like to do it even though like I don't have like huge goals like that you know I, I still enjoy playing to people and I, I'm too old to be wanting to go on tour and fucking hanging out in a van with a bunch of dudes that fart tour is you
2: know. too expensive dude a tour so,
3: is very expensive and it's like actually scary you know that, I actually had a conversation with somebody I said you know the scariest thing about being on tour is if your shit breaks down and you're trapped yeah, when- without a label backing
2: yeah when it's not even when it's if something goes wrong if, it's yep. it's not when it goes wrong because every band that i've talked to on tour even um one of the guys that started to help me with this project um here and there he's just like it, it is never when something goes wrong on tour it's if it goes wrong because it will happen it's just not Yep. I mean sorry sorry I I, I screwed up my words it it, <laughs> it it will happen that's what I'm trying to say is that something will fucking go wrong whether it's a mechanical failure a gear failure uh, a money failure uh, a, a member failure what have you it's just something yep. will eventually go wrong on tour yep and that's terrifying like fuck yep. that dude even <laughs> if even if like
3: I mean I'm an okay guitarist but if like a big band wanted me I don't know if I could do that I don't know. I mean, a lot of people are like go for your dreams. And I'm like, what if I don't like it? And I quit my job for something stupid, <laughs> you know, like that, that, that's a little scary to me. I guess it's different for everybody though. You know? That's,
2: that's the other fucking scary thing that I've been trying to wrap my head around is like, how do these musicians do this? How do they go on tour? How do they hold a, a sustainable job, go on tour, pay their bills, pay their rent, keep saving money, and 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 maintain like that like i i don't understand how that's possible it Mm. makes no sense to me and you know my buddy he gave me a lot of insight on it because uh he was on tour recently um same buddy that's trying to remain anonymous like he gave me a lot of insight and i was like jesus christ dude that's insane that takes (laughs) luck it's not even like if you do something right it's just you got to get lucky for that
3: yeah especially playing heavy music too if oh, he does, yeah.
2: if he does oh, yeah yeah he he's he's he was actually in one of the the bigger up-and-coming bands of last year and it was he told him he told me straight up he's like it was fucking stressful as hell and it kind of it ruined his passion for a while because mm. it just took so much out of him
3: it, it's sad it's sad it's that way because a lot of countries will like fund your band but like us we don't give a fuck here. I guess. Like oh, no. Canada's that way too,
2: aren't they? Like C- Canada, it, from my understanding, it's it's very similar to us, where it's like it's hard. From my understanding,
0: um, I thought uh, is that where uh, protest the heroes from. Yes. See, I thought they'd said before that they were getting like some sort of artist funding. Like they helped like they're considered like artists, so they were helped getting like government backings by
3: you know what? That's true because ArcSpire said the same thing. So yeah, that is oh, true.
2: Oh yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I mean
3: So yeah. That's our why I was so happy. Our, no- our northern uh
0: <laughs> our northern friends up there are being supported by their country, but here in America <laughs> we gotta claw through dog shit just to Dude, get it's... to the other side of stuff to get through more dog shit. It's, like, fiend,
2: it's fiend for yourself.
3: We're like the clowns without the circus.
2: Oh my god, that is the best way to put mm. it ever. <laughs>
3: yeah. Brandon knows all about clowns in Peru. But, you know. <laughs> Fucking clown town. Jeez. Oh,
0: Literally is world capital clown town. They actually have a clown union. Not, you know what? I I'm going to head joking. out there early and I want to check all this shit out. <laughs> we got a venture we're doing on Saturday at a a local show down here we're going to go to and I've got some stuff to pass out at shows so get a little stuff,
3: condoms, it sounds funny Way you said that we we (laughs) should get some uh, dark side of the scene condoms flavored like chocolate dark sides (laughs) up inside you
0: You
2: Jesus, okay
0: (laughs) that's our swag we're passing out (laughs)
2: <laughs> fucking <Yeah>. condoms. <laughs> we
0: pass these out so you don't pass out STDs, right?
2: <laughs> it, it feels like people are the STD in this fucking scene, in my opinion. Hmm. It's it's been. I mean, how long we've we been talking? Like an hour. Yeah, huh? about an hour.
3: A little less yeah. than that. We started late, but yeah, our yeah. fault.
2: Hmm. Um. Well, I mean, I guess now would be the best time to talk about the people in the scene. I mean. <sighs> You know, okay. So, I know I I might have mentioned this before, but th- this is going to get real personal. Um, sure. I just I wanted this is one of the main things I really wanted to talk about. Um, so, tomorrow, March thirty first, will be the two year mark of when my ex fiance violently attacked me and potentially tried to murder me. Um, wow. So the backstory behind is we had been dating for a year. We were engaged and um, we, we had arguments pretty frequently um, like make or break it type arguments. But this, mm-hmm. this one, I was officially done. Like I was tired of fighting for the relationship and I was officially done. And um she was drunk and when I I kind of just basically said like what do you want to do? She's like I don't know if I want to do this anymore and I said I don't. And she's like okay, like Cool. I want to leave. And I was like, All right, do you want me to pack your things? And she's like, Yeah. And I said, Okay. So I started grabbing laundry. And then next thing I know, plates are getting thrown at me, shattering against the wall. I'm scurrying around trying to get my cats into the bathroom. It it got really violent. It got really violent. And for an hour and a half, I got my fucking shit kicked in. And I never fought back or raised a fist to her or anything. The only times I ever touched her, was to pry her fingers from my skin and get her off of me. That's it. Mm. But like she ended up taking a chunk out of my palm with her fucking teeth. Like it was fucking violent. I ended up calling the cops. She was arrested and taken away. I mm. got a restraining order. It And this was um, 11 days before the release of Plaguebringer. <laughs> Hmm. My debut single, and you know, I was in shambles. Like I had submitted for release two weeks prior. It was set for April 10th and March 31st. Like this happened. So tomorrow is the two year anniversary of that. Um, and it it fucked me up big time because I thought, like, okay, I'm the victim. People will will understand like this shouldn't get crazy or anything. I never hurt her. I never did anything to her. I'm not in the wrong. Hmm. That wasn't the case. When I released Plaguebringer, like the comments in the YouTube video on Slam Worldwide got flooded with accusations that never happened. Like placing me by name saying that I kidnapped her and tortured her for six hours. And that my guitarist at the time that had joined the project that he was involved and he had came and kidnapped her and tortured her for six hours with me. And he wasn't even there. He was on, he was at his job at a military installation in San Diego. And he didn't come until, three hours afterwards to help me sweep up the glass and pick the rest of it out of my skin. This was in San Diego, correct? Yeah, this was okay. in San Diego. Okay. And so, sorry, I'm getting choked up. Um, So like, oh, he's getting fucking um, called out for things that he never did just because he's associated with me and mm-hmm. his family's getting blown up and they're messaging me going, what the fuck? And he leaves my drummer he steps out cuz he's like hey this has nothing to do with your situation and it's just my project's taking off i'm going to step out and i said okay that's cool my other member drops out too and i'm left completely alone my previous band take they they take her side and she goes into those comments and start saying all of this shit as well as all of her friends. And then people I knew personally are saying things like I beat her up and everything that happened. I actually did to her when I was covered in blood and scratch marks and cuts and glass that was getting like tweezed out of my back. Like my face was bruised and everything. And the only thing that she had on her was slight bruising on her wrist from me, prying her hands off of me. I never did anything to her but it didn't matter because (laughs) like we've seen so often in the past, metal vocalists are targeted so much by cancel culture. And there's a lot of them that those people have come forward and said, no, that never actually happened. I'm sorry. I lied, but their credit, their, their, their credibility is still destroyed two years later. I'm still dealing with this issue. I released Rotten a year and a, uh, and a half later, I think. I released it like six and a half months ago. And there's still comments of people going, why the fuck is this band still around? Bill's a fucking abuser and all this other shit. And like old band members and best friends and people that know the situation that we're actually like involved in the aftermath and like saw the police reports and everything They're They're just like, no, you don't understand. This is what actually happened. Please understand. He did not do this. And they're begging on my behalf. And I never asked them to do that. And. It's still.
0: I don't want to interrupt you on a tangent here. Like you're not like anyone that. Thinks this. There's a thing called my case that they can fucking look the shit up. And. If what you're telling us is a hundred percent true, you can look easy, it up. You can look it up. So they're right. literally basically shaming you for something that didn't happen.
2: Exactly. And this is what I deal with. Like the, the moment absolute hate went fully public was the moment it was almost damned from the start. Mm. And it, it's been an, uphill battle ever since and i have been struggling with it for two years now and it's it's gotten to the point where times where i'm just like what the fuck am i doing this for you know it's gotten real quiet lately knock on fucking wood it's gotten real fucking quiet lately Mm. and i'm happy about that but i'm gearing up for my next release here soon and this song that i'm gonna release is about this situation talking about everything that happened like when for the six to eight months after that night I had been getting death threats and people telling me to watch my back and finding out that people are sitting outside of my home in San Diego waiting for me to come out like I I would I went to a reptile shop. Cause I, I owned a couple of reptiles at the time. And I was going to get feeders for my reptiles, like mice and crickets and shit. And I got told like, Hey, she was just in here. Like she got bailed out by one of her friends and her bail was set to $50,000, but they bailed her out because it's like, I think the bail is like five or 10% of whatever it is. I don't, I don't know the, the logistics of the percentages, but basically this, one of her friends bailed her out because they own a business and we're making a lot of decent money from it. Um, So she got bailed out. And so when I went to that reptile shop, I found out from one of the people that worked there that she was there looking for me with like a group of guys asking if I had been around. And I was like, how long ago was this? And there's like, they were here 15 minutes ago. And I was just like, are you fucking serious, dude? So like the, The aftermath of that night is what screwed me up the most is because even though I didn't do anything, I got labeled as these things that I've never have done. Mm. I, 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 I loved her. I never wanted any of this kind of violence to occur. If anything, I just wanted us to be able to take her, her stuff, keep my stuff, and go our separate ways like civilized adults, but it got ugly and the police had to get involved. And it, it's it's nuts, dude. And and like I got I started getting called a racist, like I started getting called a Nazi. I started getting called a well, uh, I, uh, well yeah. I'm a white male veteran, she's an African African American Filipino nurse. Okay. Hmm. And so I got people started telling other people that I was a racist and a woman beater and all this other shit and a misogynist and none of that ever happened. Hmm. But I've been paying for it out the ass from lawyers and restraining orders and trying to just make sure that like my name is still okay and intact and like it's it's been shit. And this is my biggest issue with the metal community is that there doesn't need to be any fucking proof that anyone can say anything about someone and this scene will take it to fucking, it'll, they'll take it to their fucking graves. They'll be like, that's, oh, this dude fucking is is a misogynist and a woman beater. Oh, he's he's canceled for fucking life. And he will always remain canceled And it's almost impossible for him to get back up. Or, I mean.
0: Honestly, I think it's not just metal. It's almost every aspect these days is this way.
2: I I just say metal because that's where I notice it the most. And because that's where I only focus my efforts towards metal because I do not listen to other types of music because I don't agree with what they stand for. I love metal for what it is and for the things that we speak out about and for the music itself. So I just mainly focus a lot of this in, I, I focus a lot of my attention towards metal, and this is where I see it the most. The right. Marilyn Manson case, for, yeah. like for example, he's, I don't necessarily agree with him. I don't think he's, I, I think he's not necessarily the best person, but those accusations got dropped because they were actually, fake and he was canceled for so long because of it and he never did those things Hmm. like those specific things to that one person
0: isn't there is it falling in reverse or something isn't there vocalist or something going through
2: he's been going through it he fucking Ronnie got his Ronnie went to jail for one thing that he did but he's never able to like truly come back from that because I mean people change people grow I get that and I also understand that people are pieces of shit, but all the other things that were said about him were actually proved to be false accusations and completely made up lies.
0: That's what's weird to me. You got that guy, and then you have Mazale dying with Tim Lambesis, which some of the band has left.
2: Band oh, yeah, or whatever. why can this dude literally hire a fucking murderer, a contract killer, and he gets brought back into the scene scot free, completely okay? Doing amazing. Why? Yeah. Why is that? Why does that shit happen?
0: Yeah, that's that's where I scratch my head. And I won't. I'm not out here dissing Tim Lambesis or anybody like that. Like the dude served. He's a great his time. musician. He served his time. And if you like him, you like him. If you don't, you don't. I don't necessarily think he's that great of a fucking human being. But mm-hmm. I like their music, so I'm not gonna sit there and all of a sudden say their music sucks because. I don't mind their music, but at the same time, it's like, how can they write off certain people for accusations when this guy was literally convicted and went to prison for having and, a hiring a hitman to murder his wife? And yet, someone supposedly had done something that there's no proof of and they're automatically vilified forever.
2: Exactly. This is what doesn't make fucking sense to me in this scene. I do not understand it. And it makes me fucking sick. I have been struggling with it for two years now. It's getting better, but it's not over. And I know it's not over because. Because I know that there's people out there that would want nothing more than to watch me suffer for things I never did. And do you I think this understand that
0: you think you talking about this on this episode is going to bring up more shit for you.
2: I don't care if it brings up more shit for me because frankly, I'm tired of not talking about it. I've been trying to not talk about it because I don't want to give it the time of day. And I don't want to give the, I don't want to give them the attention that they are so desperately fucking looking for. That's, that's what my stance was, but now no, I'm going to talk about it. I'm, I'm the victim. I want to speak out. I want my voice to be fucking heard and I'm going to do it on this podcast. I'm going to do it in my music. This next release is about this situation and everything that happened afterwards. It is about what's been going on. It is about what I've been facing and what I've been dealing with and how painful it's been for me. One by one, the song that I did with anti-clutch was about this situation and how much I want to get revenge about it, but I'm not that fucking person. That's why I said it's poetic revenge it's i i'm tired of not directly facing it because i never wanted to give it the time of day now i want people to understand what the fuck actually happened and i want people to understand that i'm not gonna fucking sit there and cower in fear hate me if you want i don't give a fuck the entire idea behind absolute hate was to make music that doesn't make people go, Ooh, I like this. This is groovy. It's music that is heavy in every kind of way possible, whether it's musically, sonically, or lyrically or emotionally, I want it to make you sit there and think the The vocals and the lyrics are done in a way that almost anybody can understand what's being said. I focus a lot on enunciation and there's a message that I'm trying to spread with every single song. And it's about hatred and i like plague bringer was hatred for humanity and overpopulation and how we have been literally driving ourselves into our own grave rotten was about self-hatred and about the things that i've faced and done in the past not not nothing to do with this but things like i i was took part in in the military that I was really ashamed of, or things that I had struggled with on my own that I'm really ashamed of and how much I hate myself for that. This next song is about hatred of domestic violence and how people can just spread lies and get no fucking repercussions from it. Um, I'm looking at my whiteboard Um, sentenced is about pedophilia and how disgusting that is. Um, misanthropy is hatred of humanity on a religious basis and how people will push their religious agenda at a very disgusting cost like believe in what you want to believe in by all means have a religion have a spirituality have a faith but respect people's ideologies of having a different faith other than your own Mm. so there's that um hate is fate that song is going to be about how hatred will always be around and there's nothing that we can do to stop it, but there's things that we can do to combat it. And that's fighting hatred with hatred. Um, what's, what's another one? Um, yeah. Do you have one where you hate McDonald's drive-thru? No, cause I don't go to McDonald's so I don't really try to pay too much attention to it. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, as the light fades, as the light fades is hatred of suicide ends that feeling of that you couldn't do more for that person
3: mm, that's a yeah that's a really deep title actually about
2: spiders yeah. is about hatred of um of um what's what was spiders Spider. no well i mean i do hate spiders but <laughs> spiders is about webs of lies and it's gonna play back into everything, you know. Every single song is gonna be about this, is about is gonna be about hatred in and of itself. So this next song is about this specifically, and how much I fucking hate this situation. Mm-hmm. It's a very personal song, it's very it's six minutes long. I have a lot to say on it, and that's why I don't feel like sitting back in silence is the best option anymore because what has that really done for me?
3: You know, like this all reminds me of what happened to Decapitated when oh, exactly they like got this. accused of rape and like they were in jail for so long. And like, a, well, there was a lot of people that stuck with them, but then they had a whole bunch of haters and then it was proven to be false. And the person lied and they were free and they wrote a song about cancer culture because they were very upset of how they were treated over a lie. You know? Exactly. And, and they're still on top and they're can... still respected. You know? I can
0: actually relate to this. Not so much the music side of it, but I haven't actually—I've never publicly said this, and I haven't really told a whole lot of people this. But, and I don't want to make this about me, but no, go I, ahead. I've—I've I've, I've been through a similar situation. There was things that went on that I'm not going to go into detail about because I'm not
2: right. That's your personal business. Yeah. Related. To to touch on that. The reason why I say I was I was almost murdered is because she fucking literally had my hair in her fist, holding my head above the ground, landing her other hand into my fucking face as hard as she could over and over and over again, pulled me up and looked me in the eyes and said, "You're gonna fucking die by my fucking hands. And I couldn't do anything about it. Like mm-hmm. like like you were a prisoner in your own home. I was a prisoner in San Diego until I was able to literally get fucking rescued from people that are extremely close to me on this side of the country it took people over here to come save me from that mm. no and we can't do anything about it men's mental health is it's garbage now mm. we can't talk about anything and if we do talk about it, we're labeled as pussies. Or if we do try to fucking bring it up, it's discredited and gone, oh, you're a man. Pat yourself on the back, put yourself back up on your own feet, brush it off, and walk on. You know, men's mental health is at an all-time fucking low. Mm. And we can't uh, do anything about
3: yeah, it. I, I, yeah, I encourage anybody that, you know, has any problems, so at least therapy's okay. You don't have to be a pussy at all just to, to even get any treatments. It's just like It's better for them to say something to, you know, counseling or whatever than just keep it in because then that could just lead to, you know, suicidal tendencies, something, you know, something destructive.
2: Even if it's not therapy, like I'm saying this for anybody out there. If you are friends with me on Facebook or Instagram, if you need someone to fucking talk to, hit me up. I will talk with you. I will be here for you because I didn't have anyone after that. And I know what that's like to not have anyone. I'm here for you guys. And I want people to hit me up. Like Brandon, Ed, if you both just like, you know what? I'm at a fucking low point. And I don't necessarily know who to talk to. And I don't want to go to a therapist about it because that's fucking money. I want to talk to someone. You guys can hit me up and I will fucking talk with you on the phone for hours. I don't give a shit.
0: Yeah. No, I don't I, I'm don't i the either, same but, way yeah. with people too. Like I've always told people, if you need someone to talk to, you can talk to me because I might come off somewhat quiet or standoffish to people but if people actually talk to me i'm not to try and brag on myself but i feel like i'm a little bit intelligent i can relate to people so it's like i'm here for people without i guess not sounding like a douchebag or whatever but like
3: well i, I i'm the same way but i feel like i'm too sarcastic that people are going to think that they're not allowed to open up but i find a lot of people just open up to me really easily and that's cool maybe that's my x-men ability but like i'm always down here anybody's story and like if they're having a bad day like talk to me you know like i don't know it's it's different because i don't really have like bad days often i'll get mad at something but i don't like it depressed often at all which is strange but if something's bothering me i tell my wife like you know what this is how i feel today and It might go away. I don't know.
2: It's good that you have that support circle. Like this is one of the biggest things I tell people is always try to have a support circle. Like I'm a very homebody kind of person now. And so like my partner, she's amazing and she's a big support in my life, but I cannot put all of that support on her to take on so i i try to make sure i have other friends i can talk to like friends from work friends from past jobs friends from other bands friend even fans that i'm friends with like i i just talked with um one of my buddies that's hit me up recently he's like dude i've been one of the the biggest fans since you dropped plague bringer like i'm so glad that you actually want to talk to me and i was like dude i will be friends with you like i do not mind and he just hit me up recently he's just like hey i went through something and, and i don't know what to do and i was like let's talk about it like have a support circle anyone out there just have a fucking support circle whether it's musician friends or work friends or just friends you play fucking dnd with like just have people and that's the cool thing about the metal community is that there are a lot of people that will understand this kind of thing. And they, yeah. I mean, fuck, we all became fucking metal heads to begin with because we were alone. A lot of the time, a lot of us, I don't speak for everyone, but a lot of us, we were alone. Yeah. We've, we we, were feeling like we didn't have everybody else. So this is where we kind of came together, like find someone. And, 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 you know, a lot of metal heads, we're fucking nerds. <laughs> yeah, A basically. lot of us. <laughs> A lot hmm. of us are nerds. Like a lot of us like to play D D or, or magic, the gathering or video games, like fuck it, hop on call of duty and just talk with your boys, talk with your friends, talk with your pals. Just, just you you guys throw on some jams, play some video games, play some D D have a couple of drinks. If you're straight edge, just do what straight edge people do. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I don't, I can't speak on straight edge because I'm not fully straight edge, but like, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it like you know just have a have a support circle that's all i'm trying to say and if it wasn't for the support circle that i have right now i don't think i would be where i am musically or where i am in my life or even alive Hmm. that's good to hear so basically your life is good right now then my life is so fucking good right now that's good. I am. I am comfortable. I have the best partner I've ever been with. We celebrated our one year anniversary on the sixteenth. Like we are super happy together. Cool. Um, I my closest friends don't necessarily live here in the city, but they live on the East Coast and some back in San Diego. I talk with them regularly. Uh, they we talk about everything. Um, And then I have a couple of really, really, really close friends here in Fort Wayne. They're, they're great people. And my music's doing well. Um, Rotten uh, surpassed 11,000 streams on Spotify. Playbringers at 32,000 streams on Spotify. Um, And I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 14 15 songs ready to go like i'm they're doing say, great. Are they
3: gonna say cats i'm like man i like no. cats too but <laughs>
2: no i have i have my two cats I have, oh. I have my baby boys bagheera and Baloo, and i love them cool. to death and they're happy and healthy like life is a lot better now a That's lot good. better i'm glad funny, to hear them
3: i have a funny cat story since you like cats um we have a couch right uh-huh. and i got darlene the little gray one she's my favorite well, she's been like digging under the couch and pulling out that fabric that is usually stapled under the couch, and we're like, "You're ruining our fucking couch!" So she grabs this uh, spray, and you're supposed to spray it on clo- on furniture. Uh, so yeah, they the, it. the
2: anti-cat, the anti-scratching uh, spray.
3: Yeah, or, yeah, it's supposed to p- it taste better. I guess I don't know. So, s- so she sprayed it, and then Darlene goes back and fucks with it again. So I grabbed it and sprayed it more. And put the can away. And then we had food, and I'm putting away the sour cream. I had a piece of sour cream on my finger. I'm like, oh, I licked it, and the shit was still on there, right? <laughs> an, it tastes like fucking malort, a nasty ass alcohol. I don't know. Like, the taste would not go away. It tasted like the Michelin man took a <laughs> shit in my mouth. It was that bad. <laughs> like, this will keep humans away, but fuck. Oh, my God. And it would not go away. I don't know if you guys ever drank malort, but it, like, lingers. No. It, it tastes Can't like tires. It's bitter, tire Tastes like tires, literally. But <laughs> I just want to share that story because that happened today, I love cats.
2: But... And <laughs> we needed to get on a lighter note, so thank you. I needed, I needed a little laugh. No, I mean, <laughs> what I have
0: drank before that I don't recommend anyone doing it is pool cleaner because I did oh, not yeah. realize it was fucking pool cleaner because I opened it and I thought it was moonshine because it smelled like pure fucking alcohol. I was like, oh shit, this is moonshine. how did that happen. <laughs>
1: It was cleaner.
0: There was a bunch of fucking (laughs) this house had like a bunch of booze out in this garage or whatever. And on top of the fridge there's beer bottles and there was like liquor bottles and there's this clear jug. I was like, and it's like an old ocean spray jug, but it was just all clear. I was like, wonder what this is. I opened it to smell it. I was like, like, oh, this is straight up fucking
1: oh uh, god.
0: I was like, this has (laughs) gotta be moonshine. I fucking took a swig and I started like spitting it up and like nasty as fuck. I was like, Yeah, it's definitely moonshine. We'll come to find out, they're like They asked the owner They're like So what's in there? They're like Pool cleaner? They're like What? They're like That's a kind of like Chlorine
3: mixture with alcohol I was like Oh fuck Am I gonna die? (laughs) You killed Bill Anyway (laughs) Wow dude
2: I haven't heard that one before
0: Yeah that was a Nineteen-year-old dumbass move by me.
3: Oh, you're night. okay. Yeah, okay. That, I this, was not, this was last year or something. No, I'm not yeah. that
0: fucking dumb these days. That was <laughs> oh, before I was even God. supposed to be even drinking.
3: Don't put your mouth on it.
0: We're at a party, <laughs> and never I just assume we're all the other booze. Well, why would you have a bunch of booze next to pool cleaner?
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> probably so that someone could tell this story right here. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Oh, jeez, that's fucking good.
0: But oh, yeah, yeah, basically um that sucks, man. Yeah. But I'm yeah. I'm glad that uh, things are going better for you. Right.
3: And it takes a lot that. for somebody to share that like publicly, you know, yeah. and
2: like that's hard. I I've been thinking about it a lot. I was I was thinking about like do I want to really want to bring this up? Do I really want to put myself through that situation again mentally? But a lot of and again, like I told you before, we started it
3: a lot of men have been through the same thing and are probably scared to say anything because everybody blames the guy yeah and like it's it goes it could go two-way street you know it's not fair sometimes yeah i mean i mean i don't like men who abuse women but there's a lot of women that abuse men
2: it's i think it's a 50 50 split to be honest with today's society it i truly Mm -hmm. believe it's a 50 50 split i just think humans are despicable creatures
3: they can be but like you know, at the same time i'm kind of glad i never fell into that situation i mean yeah. i've had a couple of rough ones but not like anything where i'm like worried about my life so i'm grateful that that's never happened but i do you know feel for a lot of people that I have to go through that kind of thing
2: yeah, yeah. And, and that it, it fucks you up
0: oh, like right like after you go through something like that like it, you're literally you, you can't trust people for a while
2: right I I literally couldn't think of releasing music again because of it like the biggest reason I brought it up was because of the cancel culture that happened afterwards that's the biggest reason I brought it up and I would just kept thinking to myself like dude no matter what if I release music this is just gonna keep happening Mm. and I don't know I just wanted to talk about how People in this scene are so quick to blame the accused without any foresight. Mm. We have a it's funny enough. I brought
3: a. It's not funny, but I have a s- certain venue out here where apparently the owners allegedly did. Well, what's the word? <laughs> How did I say this? without was really saying it. He did bad things. He did bad things. And so a lot of bands have just decided they don't want to play there because I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? I know place. what you're
2: talking about. Yeah. Well,
3: the place
0: where everybody knows your name. This so, ain't cheers, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, right. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. But I don't know. And I've heard other stories that like a certain individual was mad at that person and decided to spread that ruining the business i've heard several stories i'm still trying to figure out what is the right one because again it's costing bands that want to play out there over someone's story yeah and there There was was no evidence i said there's nothing on
0: the my case or anything like that was there
3: no yeah and like they could say well it could it could have got dismissed to me i just feel like somebody had said something and then it just you know it cascaded everywhere i guess and i'm not trying to clear anybody out of anything i'm just like if somebody's lying they're really ruining chances for a venue because and if they're not lying then yeah then i understand but again it's one of those what is the truth here yeah people are very quick
0: to judge just very quick without having all the facts and it's if it's a man they're usually 99.9 percent always guilty no matter if they are or not and
2: in the eyes of the public.
0: Yes. Yeah. And even if it comes out later on that they didn't actually do it, you still have that stigma about
2: yourself. Yeah. Like, you can't come back from that. No.
0: And like I said, I've never said what I did earlier, but your story, it, it I guess inspired me to bring it up a little bit just because I can relate to that. And anyone out there listening If this is something you've dealt with, you're not alone. Like, It's definitely, uh, I think it happens more often than not. And then what do you do about it? It's not like something you just go and talk to people about randomly. Like, yeah, well, this happened to me the other day. Because then they're going to start questioning you. Like, well, why would you randomly just bring, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. -hmm. It's It's one of those things that's like, you can't escape it no matter where you go like once it's out there it's out there
2: yeah. yeah whether you did it or didn't do it it's you're vilified for it and that's that's the case with like with ronnie radke or cj mccreary or decapitated or uh i remember
3: cj's thing like there they he got a bunch of hate yeah and then I, people leave it clear name but like it's already tainted now he's i think he's in another band and cutting hair but like yeah, like now his band that he was in is now huge, and that could have been him. But
2: well, I mean, he's he's in, he started his own project, um, and it's doing well. Um, but it's it's the same kind of thing, it's the same kind of thing that I'm going through, but on a much grander scale, like right. a much larger.
3: Really trying to climb that ladder that was given to you and then you just got knocked off. <laughs> right. Now that other band is huge and he's not in it.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it's it's a lot of just because you know, even though like he may have been kind of toxic in some situations, but a lot of the right. things that I think was said I don't think is necessarily true. But I'm not gonna immediately say like, oh it's not true. I, I know it for sure. I'm never gonna say that I'll just be like, well, I wasn't there. I wasn't involved. I don't know where I can find true actual evidence on it. And if it did happen, then I would need to see the evidence to it. But if it didn't happen, then I still would need to see the evidence that it didn't happen. You know, like we can't just immediately discredit people and keep discrediting them, even though they have tried so hard to make things what they should be, which is truthful and correct it's it's hard to do in this scene and it's hard to come back from and that that's one of the biggest things i have about this scene yeah and fuck venues taking merch cuts dude fuck that
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah just just what we need you know like people struggling as it is i mean i don't see that place struggling when they got a lot of liquor Straight
2: whatever. up, dude, give me a fucking cut of the booze cut, like some like five percent of the booze sales. You want to take twenty five percent of the merch sales? I want five percent of the booze sales.
3: do when when you were an anti clutch, did you have happen to find a place that did that to you?
2: No? Um, I don't think so. I think they're pretty good out here about that. Yeah, I, I remember. Really it. I remember I was doing merch for a band in San Diego, and one of the venue um managers or whatever came up and she's just like hey i'm gonna need you to tally all of your sales and all of your all the money that you brought in and i was uh, like who the fuck are you right i literally looked at her and said i was like who the fuck are you and she's like oh i'm the manager of the venue and i said okay why the fuck do you need to see this band's itemized list of sales and she's like well we need to we need to calculate for our our percent of the merch cut and i said what fucking merch cut she's like oh it's in the contract and i said what fucking contract like what are you fucking talking about and and, <laughs> and she's just like looking at me like i'm fucking crazy and i called a band over and i was like hey guys like someone's trying to take a merch cut quote unquote it was the first time i ever heard about it mm-hmm. and they all just look at me and they just go turn straight to her and they're just like are you fucking serious like are you are you serious And they're just like, well, it's a big show night. And he's just like, we're the fucking local opener, dude. Like, what the fuck are you (laughs) talking about? (laughs) We're playing, we're opening for a touring act and you want our money? Like, what money? (laughs) I think straight up, I think we fucking literally closed up an hour before the night was over and left. We said, fuck that. I'm pretty sure that's what happened, but I can't confirm. I don't know. I don't know. I did get really drunk that night because, um, some of the members from spike came over and we had a really cool conversation. We drank a little bit together and that was, that was great. And then I kind of just went off and did my own thing for a little bit. And they're just like, yeah, dude, you covered the table for like 75% of the night. You did good. You brought in a lot of money, go do your thing. And I, I don't remember what happened much (laughs) after that.
3: (laughs) Are you like a, are you just like a, do you just have the uh, merch guy look and seem to be like your thing then?
2: <laughs> I, I've, i I've always been a good salesman. Um, I, I like, even in high school when we were doing like sales for, for marching band or ROTC, like I was really yeah. good at it. And my family's always been like, Oh, like you could just sell ice to an Eskimo. And I'm like, Cool. And so people will come in, and I greet them, and I'm like, "Hey, like, how you doing?" And people that are just walking past, I was like, "Hey, like, how you doing?" They come over, and they're just like, "Hey, like, oh, what's this?" And I was like, "Oh, it's a local opener." And they're just like, "Oh, okay, cool." And I was like, "Tell you what, if you like the show, come back to me, um, and if you feel they've earned a piece of merch, for, or if they if they earned you buying a piece of merch from them, come see me." And a lot of times, people would come up afterwards and be like, "Damn, you got me with that." <laughs>
3: Damn it! Yeah. I need to do that, but I I usually don't run
2: it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm just a very big people person. I can talk to a lot of people. That's good. Not me.
3: <laughs> like after a show, I usually hide, not because like I'm too good to talk to anybody. I'm just like in my head, like what I do wrong, what I do wrong, what I do yeah. wrong. Just like yeah. overanalyze myself half the time. I just and, always like, look pissed off. I think that's what I do too, but I'm thinking i'm thinking i'm like i'm wondering what did i do wrong in this show what did i do and then some people say hi i don't i don't care what people say i do not get groupies or women coming up to me like i'm just ugly so i don't have to have to don't worry about stop. that stop and i'm married anyway so it don't matter but i'm just in my head i'm just analyzing things and if, there's been a few people that talk to me and i have pics in my my pocket of our band and if they'll talk to me i'll, I'll hand them one like for just for talking, you know, a little token for saying thank you and whatever. And like I think somebody, anybody deserves that. So, oh little yeah, tip, little tip for anybody: carry your band's pit p- picks and Fucking give them out. Stickers, dude. Stickers, 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 stickers. Whatever. Some people are, they just get so so excited because I have some with my face printed on. I'm like, look, I'll give you a pick of <laughs> me, and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'm we're not gonna, conceited. I just think I'm goofy looking. So we're gonna awesome, be out yeah.
0: passing around the uh, cards with our faces on them
3: fuck yeah dude Promotion that's a podcast. funny picture of the like <laughs> that picture makes me have like a big mole on my face even though there's nothing there or
2: whatever dude yeah marketing is marketing is a big one of it because like that band i was doing merch for it they their name was one word but they just took the space out and they're just like how do we make a, a really merchandisable sticker and someone was just like let's use the Pornhub logo uh, <laughs> so periphery but, did that too i think yeah. yeah i feel like they did that so like the first half of the band name is in white letters on a black background and then there's an orange box and then it's <laughs> the rest of the band name and it, it fuck it, i have it on the back of my car right now like i still have it it's fucking sick and people are just like what is that? I was like, it's a band. You should check them out. They're great. And then they look right. them up and they're just like, holy shit, that is good. I'm like, there <laughs> you go. Fucking merchandisable sticker or something. that will get people's attention.
3: I'll have to think about this, but not use that
2: one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fuck the Taco Bell logo on the new last 10 seconds of life shirts. <laughs> That's a thing. That's awesome. I love, I want oh. one.
0: <laughs> Technically the logo to this podcast is a uh, influenced from a, uh, that wrestling show, dark side of the ring.
2: <laughs> oh, I did not know that. I'm not much of a wrestling fan, though.
0: There's the dark side of comedy. There's the dark side of the ring. There's the dark side of the, I forget what it was. There's a bunch of those. They're on the Vice Network or whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. and, uh huh. And I was like, well, fuck it. We're gonna call this dark side of the scene. So, but I've said it before. Anyone that was kind of knew me a little bit like five or six years ago I'd started doing a blog called The Dark Side of Your Scene. So this is not something that uh I just ripped off because I was doing the shit before they were. So if you're out there listening and want to sue me for the name, go fuck yourself. I would at first. <laughs> Hell yeah. You're not going to get any money from me. I'm poor.
3: Hell yeah. same.
0: I'll just <sighs> file bankruptcy. <laughs>
3: Jesus. You might as well before the banks get to it. Before yeah. the banks get bankrupt, you just gonna file file bankrupt, so we can all get fucked. Yeah. Anyway,
2: <laughs>
0: that's a that's another topic for a different podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 That's yeah. for my other podcast.
2: Yeah, I was about to say it's for your other one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh yeah. But yeah, I want to say uh, I do appreciate you coming and talking with us tonight. It's glad to have the chance to hear your story. One we haven't encountered yet out of the many we've already recorded so far.
3: Very important one. Yes, it is.
2: I really appreciate you guys giving me a time and place to be able to talk about this. You guys have been really, really welcoming, and I, I just have a lot of appreciation for you guys. Thank you. Not a problem. No problem.
0: You said you're going to be releasing a new song soon. Is that the one you want to have on
2: here? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. that, um, I'm still doing some other elements to it, and production costs are a lot, but it's definitely worth it. So um, I guess at the end of this podcast, you guys will be hearing my most recent release, which is completely written by myself, um, written and recorded by myself, I should say. Um, and produced by my producer, Aaron Shaparian over at iron audio. And the song is titled rotten featuring Kenny Stroh of dead vectors. Awesome.
0: Again, thanks for, uh, coming out and talking with us. Definitely brave to share the experience you went through. It's not something that anyone else would really want to talk about. So, but I think it is something that needs to be talked about.
2: Just thank you honestly yeah. thank you for having me
0: yeah. definitely and anyone out there still listening thank you guys and if you have a story you, sh- you would like to share get a little tongue tied here um, send an email to Brandon at darksidedscene.com and we will get you scheduled on a future episode but we're going to roll it out now so good night everyone <laughs>
1: Yeah, let's go.